Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and I want to welcome you back on this beautiful spring morning that I'm recording on. Today, the sun is shining, the grass is growing, the lawns are being mowed, so I am going to have to record around all the noise that's going on outside. Between lawnmowers and Twitter painting birds outside my window, the signs of spring are all around. Uh, come on in and enjoy today's episode. I've got a fun one ahead. I'm going to be looking at a very significant event that happened on Christmas Day in 1990. Along with that, I'll have Gracie back with us, and it's her birthday here in a couple of days, so we're going to talk about her very own personal Christmas and then I'll be reading a hilarious uh, Christmas story for you. I found an author who is new to me, he wrote many years ago, and he even has an Iowa connection. We'll explore that today. And if this is your first time, thank you for joining us. Let's bust open those windows, let the fresh spring air in, and we'll deck the halls. It was Christmas Day, 1990 and the world changed forever. I was 12 years old, and I believe it was the first Christmas we spent after my family had moved from Illinois to Port Townsend, Washington. I don't remember any present I got that year. There was something, though, that happened that would end up changing all of our lives forever. It was on that day that Tim Berners-Lee accessed the first web page on the first web server using the first web browser. Tim Berners-Lee had this idea to make information accessible over the internet and an easy way to do that. And so he is credited with inventing the World Wide Web. <laughs> I feel like a big boomer here because I was reading all this about the differences between the World Wide Web and the internet, and I had no idea there was even a difference. So there's that. So I feel like an old man today. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Did you know that the World Wide Web has a connection or inspiration to uh, Victorian England? This was really, this was really cool. I've been looking at major historical events that had occurred on Christmases. I thought that would be something fun to talk about. I discovered that on, again, on Christmas Day in 1990, the first webpage was accessed. That's a significant moment in our history. Whether you like the internet or not, most of us use web pages every day. It really is a fascinating history if you like that kind of thing. And who doesn't want to read about nerds playing around with their computers and inventing only the single most greatest gift we've ever been given, the internet? <laughs> okay, maybe I exaggerate a little bit. But thanks to the internet and thanks to the World Wide Web, I'm able to post my podcast episodes and people from all over the world are able to access that and to listen. I have listeners as far away as Australia. I just heard recently from a listener who lives north of Iran. That's incredible. We are now able to access information all over the world thanks to this. Yeah, th there's a lot of bad stuff on the internet and, and people use the web for nefarious purposes, but there's a lot of good that comes from the internet, such as this podcast. What better gift do you need than to listen to my dulcet tones coming to you over the World Wide Web? Well, 
Maybe I can think of a few other things we'd rather have, but I'm just fishing for compliments here. (laughs) According to his Wikipedia page, he is an English computer scientist best known as the inventor of the World Wide Web. And at the time, anyway, he was working at the European Organization for Nuclear Research, also known as CERN, where I'm pretty sure is where all the androids are going to be invented that will eventually rise up and overtake the world. But uh, in the meantime, you know, that's where the internet also was invented, or, or that's where the World Wide Web was created. And I'm really, I'm trying to summarize this as best I can, because there is so much information about how this came around. It was by Christmas of 1990 that Berners-Lee had built all the tools necessary for a working web. The Hypertext Translate Protocol, you know, HTTP, the Hypertext Markup Language, HTML, uh, the first web browser named World Wide Web, which was also a web editor, Uh, The first HTTP server software, later known as CERN HTTPD. uh, The first web server and the first web pages that described the project itself. I'm pretty sure shortly after the web got invented that the the forums over at MyMerryChristmas.com launched almost immediately. So you can go and and check out that website. They've been around for a long time uh, and it's a great site. So this all happened on Christmas Day, and of course, I have questions that I can't seem to find the answers to, such as, why were they at work on Christmas? Why weren't they home with their family? (laughs) Uh, But I suppose sacrifices must be made to bring us such a great present as the internet. I do, I want to read a little bit from Tim Berners-Lee's book, Weaving the Web. It's available, you can buy it online on Amazon, things like that. He says there in chapter one, entitled, Inquire Within Upon Everything, and here's where we get our Victorian England connection. He writes there, quote, When I first began tinkering with a software program that eventually gave rise to the idea of the World Wide Web, I named it Inquire, short for Inquire Within Upon Everything, a musty old book of Victorian advice I noticed as a child in my parents' house outside London. With its title suggestive of magic, The book served as a portal to a world of information, everything from how to remove clothing stains to tips on investing money. Not a perfect analogy for the web, but a primitive starting point. What that first bit of inquire code led me to was something much larger, a vision encompassing the decentralized organic growth of ideas, technology, and society. The vision I have for the web is about anything being potentially connected with anything. It is a vision that provides us with new freedom and allows us to grow faster than we ever could when we were fettered by the hierarchical classification systems into which we bound ourselves. It leaves the entirety of our previous ways of working as just one tool among many. It leaves our previous fears for the future as one set among many. And it brings the workings of society closer to the workings of our minds. Anyway, and then he goes on talking about how the web has grown and will then begin to proceed telling the story of how he came up with this idea. It sounds like a super nerdy topic, to be honest, but I mean, it's something we use every day and I've never even once stopped to wonder how it got got here. So anyway, I, I hope to find out more about that. But I thought that was interesting, a little thing you can impress your friends with at your next Christmas trivia game. You might even be able to use it as a uh, pickup line or something. I don't know. (laughs) 
Anyway, there's a little bit of Christmas history. Well, it's not Christmas history so much as it's history that happened on Christmas. And like I said, 30 years later, here I am in Iowa talking to you all around the world. That's pretty cool. I'm here with Gracie, Hello. and we're talking birthdays, mm-hmm. because well, Gracie is having a birthday. Soon. Yep. Actually, when By this... the time this is released, it'll probably be my birthday, or yes. a few days after. Oops. Did you turn your phone off? Nope. Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Give me that last green. Okay, so <laughs> we're talking birthdays today. Gracie's got one. Coming oh, up. Why does it look different? Sorry. Yeah, Gracie's got one coming up, and... She's going to be 12. That's Mm -hmm. traumatizing. Yep. And so I decided I was going to try her favorite ice cream. One of my favorites. It's called Superman. It's something only my bakery in my town really serves. Um, I feel like it's kind of kiddish, but the flavors don't really, like, taste like the flavors to me. Because they say it's cotton candy, lemon, and bubblegum, which sounds really gross, but it doesn't taste like that to me. But I really don't think he's going to like it at Mm. all. No, I, I already can tell. I'm looking at it. I took the... We have a little container of it. And I'm already eating it off the container lid. It looks like it's a bowl of Play-Doh. <laughs> um, there's there's blue, there's pink, and there's yellow swirls, and I should try to get a picture of that. It's, um... The blue one's the cotton candy, the pink's the bubble gum, and the yellow's lemon. I like all of them. Yeah. But I don't think you'll like it at all. Well, all right, I'm smelling it. It doesn't smell too bad. It actually doesn't smell bad. But it just smells kind of sweet. It is just brightly colors here, so... Uh, you won't uh, like this at I, all. I just feel like it's going to be too sugary for me. Don't eat too much if you're not going to like it. I'm going to try I've got a big old chunk here of, of all bubble flavors. gum. Oh, I guess i got to get some lemon in that, too. Okay. Yeah. Try it. All right. There we go. <laughs> if you need to spit it out. Mm. Well, it's cold. Hmm. That tastes really weird. Um, no. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I'm, I'm eating bubble gum. <laughs> okay, stop eating it if you don't like it. Mm. <laughs> We're okay. Oh, here, you want a clean spoon? Uh, oh, yeah. <coughs> I'm not eating the Oh spoon. man, no, that's not good. Okay. You know those? So, um, <clears throat> what were they? Bazooka gums I used to get as a kid? So, like the pink stuff sort of tastes like gum? It, it just, just it feels like I'm eating, it just feels like I'm eating gum. That's not a, that's, I like my ice cream chocolatey. And then the blue one tastes like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like blueberries. Let me, let me try, I don't know. Oh, I like blueberry. Let me. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't I'll try know. The, I'll try the blue here. Here, you're getting all kinds of colors. Dad, that's a bunch of different colors. It's, it's blue. It's mostly blue. Here, eat this. That, you have a bunch of flavors in there. I tasted lemon in that one now. I don't really like lemon flavored stuff. I love so. lemon flavored stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, me, not candy. Here, but let me have another bite. This stuff is disgusting. Let me have another bite. <laughs> this is just blue. Nope. <laughs> okay, just pink. No, I'm joking. Okay, <clears throat> so that's a no for him, but it's like triple yes for me. Yeah, yeah. So, Gracie, your birthday is coming up. Yes, it is. <clears throat> you go eat um, your chocolate ice cream. He bought himself. Some well, chocolate. I got. I brought some chocolate home just in case, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna have. Probably let Sam have some of that. The night before you were born. Oh, here we go. Yep, here we go down memory lane. <laughs> Your mom and I were watching a TV show. Uh, it was about a spy, a lady who is a spy. It's called Alias. 
<laughs> anyway, the episode we watched is where the main character, she gave birth to a, a, a child. Oh, no. And so then I looked over at mom after the show was done, and I kind of laughed, and I said, so let me guess, is that in, are you in labor now? And she said, well, actually, I'm having some contractions. She was our third one, so we didn't have anything planned at all, of course. <laughs> By the time you get to your third kid, none of it's planned. But, uh, yeah, so we, we had to call a friend real quick and make arrangements for the morning to watch the boys. Because it doesn't happen like it does in TV where suddenly, you know, the baby's falling out as soon as <laughs> contractions start. Yeah. So we try to get some sleep at home that night. We got some. Got up in the morning. She, she uh... It was time to go. We got there plenty of time, and and out you came. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> uh, but yep. yep. Okay. So that's, that's... Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Gracie likes to say that uh, birthdays are like your own personal Christmas, right? Yes, I do. Is that from a movie? I feel like it's from a movie. Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Probably. So, well, let's see. So, your birthday's on Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, the and 27th. Thursday? We know? are getting her one present that cost only a dollar. Mm, you're funny. <laughs> what do you, what do you want for your birthday? Let's put, let's get your All birthday right. list out there. Well, I asked for something a little crazy, because I wanted a new device, because the one I have right now is really, really bad, to be honest. It's a Kindle Fire, but, like, I try to do one thing on it, and it freaks out, and it's just kind of annoying, so I wanted something that would run a little nicer, like, maybe an iPad or phone. Um, Not a phone. I asked for some new <laughs> shoes, because a girl always needs her new shoes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the girl likes to talk with her mouth full of ice cream. Makes for great podcasting. Yep. <laughs> I... Asked for a squishmallow. <laughs> oh, another squishmallow. Mel- and I showed my dad some cute little like bear squishy things. On oh, mine. squishy bears! That's a surprise. Stuffed animal squishy bear things. <laughs> they were so cute, and I was like, "Get me this!" <laughs> no, um. Yeah, yeah. But oh. I see a bear. I want a bear. So. Goodness, I'm sorry. I I still have I, my mouth feels gross after eating that ice it's cream. Talk with them. It, it's like there's it's sugar coated. It's good. Ooh, yeah, not not a fan, not a fan. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's your favorite though. Probably not my favorite flavor, oh, it, but it's, it's a good flavor. Yeah, cream. we're gonna play a little uh, Christmas trivia game here. Oh, all right. I don't know how good I'll be at this, but I'm mixing all the flavors together right now. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of turning gray. That's weird. Uh, it's like a. It's like a dull blue. Whoa, that's a lot of blue on the bottom of the cup that I did not even notice was there. <laughs> now it looks like vomit. Goody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got this uh, festive trivia quiz that came from Hobby Lobby, I think. And there's five different types of cards. We've got the elf shirt, the Santa shirt, the Christmas tree, <laughs> the snowman, and a reindeer. Yeah. Ah, here we go. Speaking of reindeer names... Name the reindeer whose name begins with B. It was said Bonner. <laughs> not Bonner. <laughs> also not Bonnie. And Blitzen. Blitzen. That's correct. Very good. <laughs> Your tongue is blue. Oh. <laughs> All right. Read me one. 
right, we'll do Santa because you look like him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, I'll edit that out. All right, I'm doing a Santa one for Dad. All right. What is the name of the film where the song Walking in a in the Air is featured? Walking in the Air? Yup. Oh, man. That's a hard question. Well, it must have something to do with Santa. Oh, boy, I don't know. I don't know that song. All right. The Snowman. The Snowman. Hmm. Well, Gracie is I... winning one to nothing. It's not really... You get, the, you get bragging rights. I'm going to give you the Christmas tree one. All right. This one... Might be easy for you. How do you say Merry Christmas in Spanish? I actually don't know. Um, oh. I, I feel like I've I've failed you. Let's see, I'll I'll try to sing it. Da dun 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 Hey, I was shaking my hands while I was singing and my watch just told me I hit my step count for the day. Okay, I don't know. There's ice cream on your phone. I think it's from when you spit it everywhere. I have no clue. It's Feliz Navidad. Oh, I'm stupid. Oh, you're not stupid. You're just... Feliz Navidad. How did I not... You're monolingual. Okay, okay. That was just dumb of me. Okay, here. You get snowman. Complete this alternative name for Father Christmas. Oh, this is easy. Saint. Uh, Nicholas? <laughs> Nicholas? Yes, okay, you're okay. me. <laughs> Alright, hold on. Wait, gotta... aren't we tied now? Yeah, we're tied now. Okay. In the film, The Polar Express, what is the first gift of Christmas? I don't know, because I never watched Polar Express. You uh, never watched Polar Express? I mean, I, I have, like... Okay, you don't remember towards the end, it's the gift the boy gets... That helps him realize he still believes in oh, Santa. Oh, that jingle bell! Thing. Yes, the the bell. Okay, I don't know. I kind of give that away to you. The answer way, but give me like half a point. Maybe, maybe we'll give a half a point. Maybe I'll give the full point. Okay. Uh, thanks. I, I, okay. I so how we done? Let me so what is it? Two to one. Maybe I'm a softie, but I, I I think that's um that that counts as a point. Uh, okay. This know. question requires a bit of. Thinking. Okay. There are 365 days in a year. Which number, which number day does Christmas Day fall on? Mm, math. <laughs> My one weakness. All right. So which number day does Christmas fall yes, on? Yes, like what day of the year? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's see. So. Going back old school. Right. Um, it's got to be like 300. No pressure. Oh, I'm really bad at math. Um, <laughs> I know. 365. I so it's like 358? Oh, no. One above oh, that. 359. 359. Oh, uh, no. That's so sad. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no. you look sad. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that. All right. Two to one. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. He's going to... No, who's naughty and nice is taken from what which, which Christmas song? <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Yes, Santa Claus is coming to town. How come you get the easy ones? I don't always <laughs> get the easy ones. That's uh, what is it now? Three to one. Okay. Okay. In the nativity story, how many wise men are there? Okay, so this is gonna—I don't know how they're gonna answer it, but traditionally there's three. Scripture, however, does not say how many there were, so there could be a bunch. 
But I guess if it's talking about a, a movie or something, then probably the answer is three. You are correct. Oh, oof. <laughs> <What a> relief. <laughs> so I guess that one is actually technically wrong because the Bible doesn't say. But and in this game, it could good. be that there were actually there. There very likely was more than three because back then. Three three people okay. just didn't head Don't off. Don't read me this one because I just looked at it. I think. No, you're, that's the one you read to me. Wait. Oh yeah, it's mine. And if you miss this one, I have a chance to tie it if I get that one right. All right, here we go. Ooh, true or false? Pine needles are edible and are a good source of vitamin C. Oh, I would not eat pine needles. Well, that, on the next episode of Cozy Christmas Podcast, we're going to eat. They probably are, but like, why would you eat them? Uh, that's that's true. Why would you eat them? <laughs> so but I'm gonna say it's. It's not. Uh, would you eat them? It's are they edible? Probably yeah. Probably yeah. That's. This is not probably yeah or okay. false. Okay. <laughs> no. Would you say true or false? True. I guess. True. Okay. The answer is true. Very Yay. good. Yay. Okay. Uh, alas. Um. But yeah, and I actually just heard a podcast, and I don't remember which one it was. I don't know now. why would you eat those though. Like, but um, they were talking about eating your Christmas tree. What was that on? No, I can't remember. Um, but you wouldn't want to eat the one if it's artificially made. Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> I guess I should have clarified. Not your fake tree. Don't don't eat the fake tree, right, Gracie. I think I think, I think you'll probably maybe eat this one. Right. All right, this one what? counts for two points. No, it does not. All right. What is Christmas called in France? I, I know this, and I'm going to not pronounce it right, but it's like Joy uh, Noel or something? No. Oh, oh. It was just Noel. Oh, Noel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was thinking of, like, Merry Christmas. Joy no Noel. I think that counts as... Yeah, it that probably counts. Does. does that count? I think that counts. I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Sure. The uh, listeners have have emailed in and said that that does no, count. No, they have not. We haven't even posted this. And yet. in fact, they're telling me now that I actually won because no, shut up. This no. whole thing has been rigged. Okay. Okay. Just continue. <laughs> Snowman. On the eleventh day of Christmas, what did my true love send to me? She's singing. Sixteen. Three French and two turtle dogs. <laughs> I think that ice cream <laughs> got to you. I have no clue. Okay. No. Twelve drummers drumming. Eleven pipers piping. Yes, eleven pipers piping. Yes. All right. Well, looks like you won. Maybe this one will count for two points. Let's see. All right. In Jingle Bell Rock, everyone is dancing and prancing. Where do they do it? Oh, it's at the Jingle Bell Square. I won. No, you did not. You <laughs> looked, cheater. What is your favorite kind of cake? Ice cream cake. Ice cream cake. Ooh, are we going to have ice cream cake yes, for your birthday? Yes, we are, man. And it's going to have strawberry and chocolate on the inside. And just... I don't know. This this sounds good. Can I, I come? Love, yeah, you're my father, of course. I am? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even though you're my father. Well, this is getting awkward. <laughs> okay, let's just be quiet now. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Our baby's here. He looks like your boss. Okay, stop being weird. <laughs> Sorry. You should make a blooper section of your podcast. That's a, that's a quote from The Grinch. All right. If we had a billion million dollars, what would be the perfect birthday party? First, no expense spared. I want to just go to a private island with my family. So we have no one to bug us. I want, I would want to go to fun places that we don't usually get to go that much mm -hmm. just because of the prices and stuff. Like some places, some fun places, they can be fun, but you can only go once every once in a while because, ooh, they're expensive. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to go to fun places. I would throw, I would make my father buy all the bear squish mellows and squishy bear stuffed animals on the internet. Um, Goodness. <laughs> and I would make them buy a mega mansion so I could fit every single bear in there. <laughs> um, I would make them buy 10 tubs of Superman ice cream. <laughs> oh, puke. <laughs> uh, no, uh, maybe more like mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's probably my favorite. Um, mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Eh. It's gross. <laughs> Do you like any kind of ice cream? I like chocolate ice cream. And, and that's it? Um, chocolate fudge brownie ice cream is pretty good. How about me and Ben and Jerry's has an ice cream called chocolate therapy, which is very good. And let me tell you, for whatever chocolate for me, whatever uh, mental problem you have, chocolate therapy solves it. Um, um, oh, Chunky Monkey ice cream is good. That's from Ben and Jerry. It's a banana flavored ice cream. Ew. And it has... Um, like chocolate chunks in it and uh, walnuts, and it's it's really good. <laughs> I should have gotten Chunky Monkey. No. Okay, sorry. Um, and I would have my own bedroom, which I do, but I would have it. <laughs> so you want it? Friends that you already have. Okay. No, no. Like I want it like bigger. My room is tiny and oh. I want a giant closet okay. so I have room for things in there because my closet is like this big. Mm. And mm -hmm. Size of a postage stamp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Just a large one. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. But I can barely fit anything in there and then it just comes a mess and I'm too mm -hmm. lazy to hang up my clothes so maybe a robot that does it for me. <laughs> okay, well this birthday's out of control. <laughs> And I want, I would ask for 50 presents and I would just name things that I want and they would be here for me. And that's it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think if I, I'm an old man, so I would, um, I would probably do some kind of uh, bookstore extravaganza. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we could go to a town with a bunch of bookstores. Oh, and. <laughs> Spend lots of money. Oh, we're not done yet. I, okay. I would maybe ask. To not have to go to school for a week. Okay, well, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> School's boring sometimes. Yeah. I just, like, sometimes I'm almost, like, falling asleep in class. Much like our listeners are right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Just kidding. <laughs> guys, guys, don't do this. Don't do this, guys. All right. Anyway, that's probably it. Cool. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to your birthday because I love that ice cream cake. Um, sounds really good. I guess we'll let you know how that all turns out. Wait, so. we should fill the ice cream cake with Superman. <laughs> oh, well, let's not do that. <laughs> My goodness. Kidding. Okay, so a side effect of this ice cream apparently <laughs> is to give you the giggles. So that's fun. I almost had the 
details. Though. Well, that's true. Yep. All right. Well, anyway. we're going to sign off for now. Make sure to like and subscribe and... Uh, make sure you... Let's try to get this podcast episode to 600,000 likes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Since I usually get like three, that's amazing. Really? Um, oh, that's sad. No. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I'm going to go down. Alright. Okay, I'm gonna get her something without sugar in it. Maybe a glass of water. Carrots. Some carrots. Carrot cake. You wanna have carrots in the fridge? I might put the fridge. Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna have to edit all this noise out. And we will talk to you next time. I will let you know how how the party turns out. Alright, bye. Bye. Oh my goodness. Thanks, Gracie. And man, I can't believe she's gonna be twelve years old. This week, I feel old. I feel old. Well, let's head over to our story time and and maybe I'll feel better when that's done. I'm looking forward to reading today's story. The story is called The Canned Plum Pudding and it's by Alice Parker Butler. I have a book full of old Christmas stories that I've been reading and trying to find ideas and new authors to read to you. And this story was in there and it's pretty funny. He's, he had a couple in this book and I'm going to read those probably here over the course of the next couple of weeks. Ellis Parker Butler was born on December 5th, 1869 and passed away on September 13th, 1937. He's an American author and has written over 30 books and more than 2,000 stories and essays. And so according to my research, one of the most famous stories he's known for is a story called Pigs is Pigs, which I had to go read. It's hilarious, um, but not Christmassy related. I was really interested to know that there is an Iowa connection with Butler. He was born in Muscatine, Iowa. Now, if you're like me and have no idea about Iowa geography, Muscatine, Iowa is on the eastern side of the state, and I live on the western side, so it would take about three hours and 40 minutes of driving clear across Iowa to get to the town, which I might like to do sometime. I don't know if there's any kind of museum or anything set up for him. Some other interesting things about him is that as prolific of a writer as he was, Butler only wrote part-time. He was a full-time banker, and he was a founding member of both the Dutch Treat Club as well as the Authors League of America and was very active in the New York City uh, literary scene. He had his first story published at the age of 13 in 1883, and it was published in the Sunday School periodical Dawn of Day, and the story was called Shorty and Frank's Adventure. I have no idea what it's about, but the title intrigues me. He went to high school in Muscatine. He also worked at the local spice mill there as a bill clerk. And shortly after that, he began to publish in different magazines and newspapers. Uh, So then when he was 28 years old, he moved away. He moved out of Iowa to New York City. I can't confirm this, but I'm pretty sure he regarded that as the best decision of his life. Just kidding, Iowa. I love you. But uh, while in New York City... He gets a job at an interior design magazine. He does traveling for the magazine and eventually returns back to Iowa and marries Ida Anna Zipser. They remained married until his death. 
And then he does eventually pass away in 1937 in Williamsville, Massachusetts. And he dies from cancer complicated by diabetes. So today I will read his story, The Canned Plum Pudding. What do you do with that gift that you don't really want or like? Well, before I give away too much, let's go ahead and settle down. If you have your Christmas tree up, if you have a cozy fire going, or maybe you've got the air conditioner on full blast, wherever you are, I hope you can get a sense of the Christmas spirit. So let me invite you to sit back and relax and enjoy this Christmas story, The Canned Plum Pudding by Ellis Parker Butler, first published in 1907. My Aunt Martha, who lives and breathes in Massachusetts and blesses her stars that she was born a Yankee, is a little eccentric in some ways. She thinks that because her ancestors came over in the Mayflower, she inherited the art of making English plum pudding. But I cannot believe that the real English article is at all like Aunt Martha's, for the English have always made Christmas a day of joy and merriment. And if their plum pudding was like Aunt Martha's, they would regard Christmas more as a season for sackcloth and ashes. Aunt Martha's plum pudding is more like a chunk of wet brown dough with black pebbles in it than anything else I can think of at this moment, but it is heavier. Visitors of the most optimistic nature would, after partaking of Aunt Martha's plum pudding, sit around and talk sadly of the awful state of degeneration the world was falling into and how hopeless it was to try to make things better. When I married the dearest girl in the world, Aunt Martha was invited to the wedding, but could not come. She wrote a very lovely letter and said that she wished us joy and as a token sent us something to make glad our first Christmas dinner together. The present was canned plum pudding. It quite touched Susie. I had explained Aunt Martha's idea that she could make plum pudding and Susie stood it right in the midst of the cut glass and solid silver and she showed it to all the guests with real pride. I was glad that she appreciated the gift. Aunt Martha has a goodly share of wealth and I am her favorite nephew. The day before Christmas, Susie came to me and I could see that something was troubling her. Peter, she said, you may scold me if you want to, but I just couldn't help it. You know your Aunt Martha does not know how to make plum pudding and I am not going to have you made sick by eating it. I gave that canned plum pudding to old Mrs. Casey. I really did not think the plum pudding would have as serious effects on the Caseys as it would have had on us, and I told Susie she had done the right thing. It was about a week later that we heard from Aunt Martha. We had sent her a gift that was carefully chosen, and she wrote a very lovely letter about it. But, she said, you do not mention the plum pudding I sent you as a wedding present. I cannot quite understand this, for I wrote at the Christmas time that it was for your first Christmas dinner. When we read that, we looked at each other and Susie said, Now what shall we do? It will not do to offend Aunt Martha, I said kindly, for all her other nephews have already offended her, and if I were to do the same, the poor old lady would have no one left to love and leave her estate to. We must write her that... well, we must write her something. I stopped suddenly. Susie, I exclaimed, do you suppose Aunt Martha could have... Susie clasped her hands in an agony of horror. Oh, do you suppose? She gasped. Yes, I do, I declared. 
She is just eccentric enough to have put a lot of money or a big check or a gold bond in that plum pudding can and to have expected us to open the can at Christmas and find it a splendid surprise. Oh, she did. I know she did, Susie cried. And we have gone and given it to that awful Mrs. Casey. Now stop, I said as kindly as I could. I won't have you crying about it. Aunt Martha and all her money are not worth one of your weeps. All we have to do is to find out some way what was in that can and then write to Aunt Martha and thank her for it. The thing for us to do is to go to Mrs. Casey and be as nice as we can and try to get her to tell us. We did not wait. We went at once and as we neared the Casey home we saw that something unusual had taken place. The Caseys had moved out. We learned from the next door family that they had moved out of the town Mr. Casey had had a legacy from some uncle in Ireland. Susie and I exchanged glances, and then I asked where the Caseys had gone. As I expected, they had not told where they were going. Susie and I went home. However, I was only a few days in learning that the Caseys were living in New Jersey in a much better way than had been their custom. I went over to New Jersey. I surprised Mrs. Casey without doubt. She fairly threw up her hands when she opened the door and saw me there. Good morning, Mrs. Casey, I said kindly. I just happened to be over this way and I thought I would drop in to see you. You seem to have a better place here than you had before you moved. Mike had a bit of legacy left to him, sir, she said. Indeed, I said. That is good news. And now you can have plum pudding every day if you want it, can't you? I thought that was a clever way to introduce the subject, but it seemed to take Mrs. Casey all aback. Plum pudding, she exclaimed in manifest confusion. No, I said questioningly and gave Mrs. Casey a glance that was intended to be at once sharp, insinuating, and reassuring. Perhaps that was too much to expect one glance to hold. At any rate, it seemed to have an odd effect on Mrs. Casey for she screamed and slammed the door in my face. Maggie! I heard her scream to someone in the house. Maggie, run for a cop! There's a crazy man outside! Then I heard the key turn in the lock. Some men would have gone away then, but I was not afraid of an encounter with a policeman. I went around to a side window, and through it I talked to Mrs. Casey in a firm but friendly way. My dear woman, I called. Do not be foolish. You cannot deny that you had the canned plum pudding, so it is useless to try to deceive me. All I want to know is what was in the can. It contained a present, a Christmas present, of great value. I want to know, and to know at once, what was in the can. I do not know what answer she would have given me, for at that moment I was seized firmly from behind, and my two arms thrown back and handcuffs snapped on my wrists. At the same moment, Mrs. Casey's white face peered up over the window sill. "'Tis all right, mum," said the big policeman who seized me. "'And tell me what was he after doing, mum?' "'He's crazy as a loon,' said Mrs. Casey, wiping her face on her apron. "'And too bad, too bad. "'Twas such a fine man he used to be. "'Tis all about a plum pudding, and he's saying there be a fortune in it.' "'Officer,' I said calmly, "'I am no more crazy than you are. Some time ago, my wife gave this woman a canned plum pudding. What's that? he asked. A canned plum pudding. Did you say a canned plum pudding? I, I did, I said. My aunt asked me not to eat the plum pudding until Christmas. My wife gave the plum pudding to Mrs. Casey, 
and now I am convinced that there was something in the can besides plum pudding. I believe there was money in it, perhaps a fortune, at least a large sum. The officer took me by the arm and attempted to lead me away. No doubt, no doubt, but here is no place to find it. Come with me and I'll show you the man who knows all about fortunes that is canned up in plum puddings. He's an expert on them. Why, my dear sir, I said angrily, you don't think I am insane, do you? Not a bit of it, he said. Ye are sanest of us all, and tis no wonder you feel bad to have your plum pudding that is stuffed with money took from ye. But come with me. When we got to the station house, I insisted that they telegraph for my wife. Susie, of course, laughed to scorn the idea that I was crazy, and told the whole story of the pudding just as I had told it. I think just as he does, she said. I dare say that old Mrs. Casey found money in that can. Look at the way she suddenly became better off. Look at the way she refuses to say anything about the plum pudding. Well, send for Mrs. Casey and bring her here, said the chief, and one of his men went at once. She came weeping. Now, ma'am, said the chief to her, what is all this ruction about a plum pudding in the can? The lady gave me the can plum pudding herself, your honor, said Mrs. Casey. I am not one as takes things without being given them, sir. That's all right, ma'am, said the chief. Nobody denies they gave you the canned plum pudding. We want to know what was inside of it. Mrs. Casey began to cry. Twas poison, I do believe, sir, she said to the chief. Twas death was in the can, and nothing less. Twas nothing but a solid chunk of black dough and not fit for food any day, let alone Christmas Day, and I throwed it out to the pig, and, oh, oh, she moaned. "'Twas the death of the pig. "'He had spasms and fits and turned somersets and lay down and doid. "'I never knew one of Aunt Martha's plum puddings to have quite such a bad effect,' I said. "'And that only convinces me that there was something else in the can besides plum pudding. "'Probably gold pieces or jewels. "'If a pig, even a hearty pig, ate enough gold pieces or diamonds, "'it might have just the effect Mrs. Casey had described.' "'Well,' said the sergeant to Susie, I can't see how we can hold Mrs. Casey anyhow. And as for your husband, tis none of the business of New Jersey how crazy a man from New York gets. So take him home, but be aware of the aunt with the diamonds and jewels in her cans of plum pudding. Susie, I said on the way home, the only thing for me to do is to go up and see Aunt Martha. I will find out from her what was in the can, and then I will thank her for it. Aunt Martha was surprised to see me, but she was pleased. She asked me all about Susie. And in that way, the talk worked around to the plum pudding. Oh, by the way, I said, as if the matter had just come to mind. We did not tell you how, how grateful we were for the plum pudding. Aunt Martha looked at me sharply. Then you did open it Christmas Day? She asked. Indeed, it was open Christmas Day, I exclaimed, and eaten too, every bit of it. But I want to thank you for the additional surprise the can contained. The moment I had said it, I saw I had made a mistake. The additional surprise, she asked, what was that? Why, don't you know, I asked, as cheerily as I could, then perhaps I ought not to mention it. I am sure if you do not know, I stumbled on, uh, you could never guess. John, she said, the reason I was so anxious to hear from it was that by mistake, I sent you one I had canned 12 years ago, and that I was keeping to see how long a plum pudding would keep in a can without spoiling. Of course, I cannot imagine what got into a can that I sealed up 12 years ago. What was it? Now, aunt, I said, 
I am not going to tell you. Since it was a mistake, I shall say no more about it. She smiled at me in a tantalizing way. And because I wrote and wrote again, she said, you thought it was likely, as the situation dawned upon her, I had put a check or money in it. I admit it, Aunt Martha, I said. Well, I did no such thing, she said shortly. All there was in that can was plum pudding. And the reason I wrote was that I have just discovered that for 20 years I have been leaving out a part of the recipe for the plum pudding and that I must have been nearly poisoning all my nephews. I looked at her thoughtfully for a moment and she looked at me. John, she said, I think Susie is the only person in our family that has good common sense. I'll warrant she ate none of your Christmas pudding. No, I was able to say honestly. To tell the truth, she did not. That is because she knew better said Aunt Martha, and I am going to repay her for the ill will I have borne her. She went out, and I waited patiently. I knew Aunt Martha's heart was right when it came to final reckonings, and I wondered how she meant to repay Susie for the rather shabby wedding present. Aunt Martha came in with a cheerful smile. She laid a paper-wrapped parcel in my lap. There, she said happily, take that to Susie. It is one of my new plum puddings with all the ingredients that should be in it. That was a pretty fun story. I've got at least one more story from Butler that I'll be reading in the next episode. And I may find a third one because I, I've really been enjoying his writing. And, and like I've said, I haven't read him before. Now, have you ever been in John's position where you had been given a gift, but couldn't use it or didn't need it, so you sent it off to somebody else. And then you wondered if maybe there was more to it than that? I'd love to hear your story. Was there a misunderstanding? Was there a mistake in the gift giving? Let me know. Send me an email uh, or a voicemail. You can send that to cozychristmaspodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And I'll share your story on the podcast. The spring wind is howling loudly outside. You may have been able to hear it in the background. The lawnmowers are threatening to overtake the neighborhood. So to me, it looks like it's time to wrap up this episode. I will be back in two weeks. We got some fun events planned for Christmas in July. There's going to be a giveaway. I'm going to have some special guests on. We're going to have weekly episodes that month and... Uh, a few other things. So that's all I'll say for now, but stay tuned. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast so you can get every episode downloaded as soon as it's published. If you could want to help out our show, a great way of doing that is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Going to start something a little different. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, let me know and I will send you a Christmas card and a sticker. Also, another way you can get a Christmas sticker from me is to send me a Christmas memory and I'll send you out a card and sticker. Also, if you want to help support the show financially, you can go to ko-fi.com, that's ko-fi.com backslash cozy Christmas and uh, you can make a donation of at least $3 and I'll send you a Christmas card and a sticker so you can represent the best, the most coziest podcast this side of the Nishnabotna River, which if you live in Iowa, you know, that's not really that impressive. The, the Nishnabotna is like a, um, a stream that broke off from a branched off from a main river 
wandered off, got lost, and gave up in hopeless despair. But I'm told that if you bathe in the river, you're immune to anything, including COVID. So there's that. Anyway, that's all I have for you today. I hope you are having a great year. I hope things are going well for you, that you're sharing the Christmas spirit every day to those around you. Remember to be kind, to do good, and that there's nothing in the world more irresistibly contagious than laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas. Quit eating a carrot on the microphone. <laughs> Ow, my nose. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go.